Welcome to My Views of My Own bonus episodes. My Reviews Are My Own, where we review films from the cinematic universe with some of the smartest people I can find to help me talk about these movies. And today's co-host is Bryn Plummer. And I couldn't have thought of a better person for this particular film, which is I Heart Huckabees. It's a 2004 independent comedy film directed by David O. Russell, starring Dustin Hoffman, Isabel Huppert, Jude Law, Jason Schwartzman, Lily Tomlin, Mark Wahlberg, Naomi Watts, and not really starring, but he's in it, a little baby, Jonah Hill. Uh, what's up, Brand? Hello. Very uh, excited to talk I Heart Huckabees. We're gonna we're gonna talk some I Heart Huckabees hardcore. But before we get too into it, I'm going to say uh, we do have a rating system. We, it's a three part thing. We're gonna base it on first tier acting, acting performance. How was that done? How good was it? Or was it bad? Whatever. Uh, second tier, which would be plot slash script. I know those aren't the same things, but I didn't want to say screenplay because I didn't read the screenplay. And I think that uh, sometimes- uh, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Yeah, if the dialogue's <laughs> great and the plot works, then we're gonna, we're gonna mash that together. And uh, in the, the hardest to, to gauge category for people that are not filmmakers themselves is cinematography. But as a film viewer and a film lover, I think that I can say what I, if I like it or not, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah. And when you say cinematography, do you mean like the look of the film? uh, Yeah. uh, For instance, like, well, if, so we're doing I Heart Huckabees, it's not a, it's not a sci-fi film, but Mm. were it, it it could be like, how good was the CGI? How good was the monster Mm. effects? How much? Yes. Uh, But in I Heart Huckabees, I I have, I have some very strong opinions about the cinematography. it's bright. It's fun. It's you know. It's like, yes. Yeah, yes. It's, and yes. Uh, there's there's interesting things I can even bring up about that. Like I I was going to do it later, but I could say this now. Like uh, when Jason Schwartzman meets Jude Law, and they do uh, the, an interesting like, watching the film this time. Yes. I, I saw. I was like, oh, they keep juxtaposing who is in what direction of the frame to show who's mm. in power. So I, I feel like mm. uh, the cinematography was it's well thought out. This is a well thought out film. But yes. before yes. we get into all this technical stuff, I have to ask you, Bryn, why do you like this movie? I, I, this is a movie that I come back to again and again and again, partly because it does tickle my funny bone, genuinely, um, which, uh, you know, I think it's to find a movie where something makes you laugh at 16, the way it does at 32 is pretty hard to do. Um, a lot of movies that I liked in 2004 have not held up super well. This one has. Um, I think it holds up really well. And uh, as I think those questions that make the movie great of why are we here? What is the point of this? Somethingness, nothingness. I still ask those questions all the time. They're probably, they're probably a little less important than they were to me at 16, but they, uh, they're still there. And I think that's great. And also just like everyone fucking delivered who showed up to set everyone did the every, job they had to do everyone delivered. <laughs> no matter Absolutely. how small the part like everybody killed it there's just okay go ahead i was about to say like one part i really love <laughs> I, I was only just gonna say that like uh, about the spoiler alerts we are gonna talk about this film in depth but if you haven't seen the film yet this is one of the very few films where i can say without a doubt like it can't be spoiled it is it's like a work of art it's i mean it's truly like so 
uh, I was so excited. Like when... I can tell you what is in the frame of Guernica, <laughs> but it's not the same as seeing Guernica. So I watched it again last night. I hadn't seen it in a while, but I've seen it so many times and I enjoyed it almost as much as I enjoyed it when it was the first time. It's same. It's that kind of film. It's so well put together and it's yeah. what it is. You know, it's a feel good movie. That's like mm-hmm. in the truest sense of the word. And my, and for yeah. me, I totally agree. It has like a full body. You do walk away from that movie feeling real good. Uh, and um, I think there is something about it that makes you, I don't know, everyone in the movie is doing something so specific. Everyone has different motivations in the movie. Um, but all these people with all their different mo- motivations are all kind of uh, converging in one moment. And I think there's something about that too that feels um, pretty representative of life. Uh, and I think one of the things that makes it an easy film to consume is that everyone's motivations are so plain and so naked. Like everyone's motivations are so made clear. And uh, from the outside of the movie, um, no matter how small their part is in the movie, which is something that, um, I, I don't know, it makes you kind of fall in love with every single character in the film. In a weird way. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, it's a philosophical, it's like, it's, you know, it's, uh, and I think that some people would have this opinion that like, Oh well, this is like if if they are a, a deep dive philosopher type person, they'd be like, "Well, this is the kind of philosophy I talked with when I was a sophomore in college." And I'm like, "No, I don't <laughs> want to hear that, man." Because this is the kind of philosophy I want to continue to revisit throughout my life. Yeah. And I, then, but the but the film is that's the, the interesting thing about it. It's got a it has a it's got a story arc. It's got uh you know it's got it has love. It has adventure. Mm-hmm. It has sadness. Mm-hmm. But it is a. Mm-hmm. It's based on like it, the idea of like philosophy. If philosophy really actually did affect your real life, and I don't know. Yes. Does that make sense or no? Yes. No, I think it does. I think, as a matter of fact, I I think of its spiritual air or feeling air, H uh, E I R air, is the good place um, where there are real life consequences to these philosophical questions, and it's also exploring ideas. Um, philosophical ideas through human behavior and human emotion and it's interesting because they're at the same time that there are these these character conflicts where people are trying to work out there's a lot of different uh, intersecting relationships and dynamics and at the same time while the characters the two main characters brad and um i'm totally blanking on albert brad and albert you know played by jude law and and jason schwartzman respectively they're at odds and their intention um representing what to do with the wetlands which is intention and then uh also these philosophy of everything matters and nothing matters our intention at the whole time and um i also think the movie walks away with you know no clear winners uh everyone gets dirty <laughs> everyone gets dirty in the process but even though there's yeah. no clear winners it still <laughs> is a feel-good movie which is sort of how i feel about life um like I, real mixed results but i'm still pretty pleased i have so many reasons i love this movie but I guess uh, real quick, like I guess we should like lay a quick groundwork. Uh, mm-hmm. Albert, played by Jason Schwartzman, his life's uh, work and passion is to try to protect uh, the like oh, fuck wetlands, <laughs> like open spaces. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah he, he works. He started he, a chapter of the Open Spaces Coalition, which is some kind of national, I guess, national resource, de- natural resource defense council type uh, organization. Yeah, it's like he. He wants like you know he, he's and he's kind of like a 
he's kind of a funny character because he's he doesn't necessarily like have what it takes to do what he needs to be doing to like be doing what he's doing but he's basically like he's a wildlife conservationist that's like you could just say that he yeah he wants to protect uh these nature preserves from Mm -hmm. desolation and uh construction and bullshit yep and uh then you got someone like in Jude Law's character, which is Brad, is a smooth talking, beautiful, fucking <laughs> Aryan piece of shit that everyone loves. Everyone fucking loves him, you know. And he comes in and he he's got a shitting grin on his face the yeah, whole and he's, time. And he's like, he's, I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm here to to save the wetlands, but he's not. And the, no. and, and Huckabee's, no. I guess, represents like it could just be any corporation. It could be. It could be yeah, any corporation. It really is funny too, but like watching it back, I was like, wow, department stores used to mean something. Uh, like watching it now, because yeah. I don't think about, I mean, I guess it would have been like a Macy's or a Sears or, uh, you know, a Dillard's or a Belk if you're Southern. And uh, the, the pull that those things had, maybe because I was spending so much time in a mall at that age, yeah. but now I don't know if just the department store is dying, which it probably is uh, because of. Amazon and retailers like that. That used to be the place you'd go to buy a waffle maker. Uh, and now you don't. Um, I don't know if those places are just dying. I guess it could be like a Walmart. I think there's probably still think, a lot of I think, prominence. I think Walmart uh, is yeah. a perfect uh, analogy for the like currently for what so so basically let's let's say Huckabee's is a Walmart. Uh yeah. Albert, a, 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 played by uh, Jason Schwartzman, is just uh kind of a, a lost dude with the heart in the right place. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jude Law. Maybe I feel like he Yeah, because he has so much transformation during the film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that you're in modern times. We could just we'll just call Huckabee's a Walmart, sure. <laughs> and <laughs> Albert wants to stop the Walmart from destroying what little wildlife is left in like the area. I mean, this film is clearly filmed in los angeles but yes it's supposed, to be kind of like, it's supposed to be any town usa but i mean like yes but a lot of the scenes they ride they ride bicycles through the, throughout this entire film the and i'm like yeah I've, I've ridden a bicycle in la and i know what that looks like so <laughs> but and this is something we uh introducing more characters mm-hmm. and we decided okay. we were not going to just talk about how fucking hot uh Mark Wahlberg is in this movie or how great he is. We both <laughs> felt like he's a problematic dude, but truly there's an interesting thing, thing about this film. Cause at this time, objectively in, in Jude Law's life, and he's probably, you know, he's still considered a very attractive man at his age now and whatever, sure. but back yeah. then he was like, he was like beautiful, like in a, Oh yeah. He was, he was, he was a, God levels. He was like beautiful. a young, yeah. young Brad Pitt or a young Jennifer yeah. Aniston type, like Aryan type guy. Yeah. But yeah. in this film, there's something, and, and Look, I'm not gonna say that uh, Mark Wahlberg isn't a sex symbol. Obviously, he is and was. Sure, but yeah. it's so amazing how, how in this film, how like in Mark Wahlberg's a uh, his character. What is his character? Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Corn. Yeah, Tommy Corn. Yeah, he <laughs> he is a uh, he's a lunatic. He's lost his fucking mind. He's, he's violent. <laughs> he's rude. Yep. He's yep. off the wall. But like he, it's weird how in this film he shows up and really really outperforms jude law in like oh big time masculine attractiveness does that make sense oh big time yeah like all all i mean part of it is he's a firefighter like one 
you know <laughs> he's just huge like jack he's real jacked and not jacked the way that actors are now like when you watch thor and like that those guys are jacked in a way that you're like we're not gonna have any fun hanging out because you're only gonna be thinking about macros but yeah. mark Wahlberg is jacked in a way that you're like oh you're just a boston asshole who just like lifts cinder blocks like i get it like you work for a roofing company like i get, like he just has that vibe and uh yeah it's just hot and then beyond i think part of it too like i mean they sort of give they allude to this in the film lily tomlin says tommy's been with us since that big september thing that's what she called september 11 oh, i mean yeah they mean uh 9 11 i mean 9 11 yeah this is like that big september thing so clearly something about 9 11 has really woken him up to basically the evil of oil and fossil fuels uh and how you know i don't, I don't want to interrupt but i I, have, you know? I do have to bring this up the very first time i saw the film before i was a little bit older and i kind of realized like they're clearly not in new york city uh the first yes. time i saw the movie i thought that uh they were trying to say that tommy corn had been a firefighter that had been a first responder on the scene in 9-11 and that's kind of where he like had been like traumatized sure. and all that shit. yes but like uh but clearly they're not in new york so like no they're not what's going york. on with him like how is he <laughs> that, that heavily affected i mean he might have i mean we don't know like he might have been like i feel like someone needs to get david or russell on the telephone that's when you we need to get david in here yeah. uh but he's clearly super affected because he's like digging and digging he's like why did this happen well these regions were destabilized with american intervention why is american intervention capitalism fossil fuels at some point he calls richard jenkins who's the dad in the dinner scene who plays jonah hill's dad and the adopted dad of quote-unquote that african guy in the film yeah um whose name is steven in the film he calls him a murderer he calls richard jenkins character a murderer because he has an suv <laughs> in the driveway and yes. like the first thing the only thing he asks albert when he first gets paired with albert as his other lily tomlin is matching them up which is apparently something they do in their agency I love the only thing he Yes, the only thing he asks Albert is, do you drive a car? And then Albert says, no, bike, sometimes bus. And then his whole face changes. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's face changing through this film at different key moments is probably what makes him sexy too. Like that moment when he goes from real stern and like, if you tell me you drive a car, I'm probably going to deck you right now. Yeah. To when he says bike and bus and his whole face changes. It's just something really hot about it. He's he does brooding well, he does losing his mind well, and then he ultimately saves Naomi Watts. Whereas Brad is just sort of this, you know, no backbone, corporate, morally chill, ambiguous corporate chill. Yes, yeah. and he doesn't like really want to help Naomi Watts. He just wants Naomi Watts to be a you know monument to his own vanity. And honestly, hella hella shout out to Jude Law as an actor because he is a he is. Honestly, I, I think sometimes like uh, actors that are as just beautiful as he looks, mm -hmm. whatever. Sometimes like their act, their actual acting skills gets overlooked. They're like, oh, he's oh, a yeah. pretty face. But no, Jude Law is truly a truly great actor. Yeah. And in this film, it's yeah. like they're like, hey, be a piece of shit, and he's like, gotcha, <laughs> and he does it. <laughs> and, I mean, you just you just hate him. You hate you him. You hate, hate him so him. much. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny too because like. I think as the audience, we hate Brad immediately. We know Brad's a douche, but for some reason, Albert doesn't. And I think part of it is, and this goes back to like, what are Albert's real intentions is like, 
Albert wants the stuff that Jude Law has. Like he doesn't like how Jude Law does it, but he wants to be with Miss Huckabee. He wants to like be known for something. He wants his poems at Schottinger's art, at Schottinger's photo archives. Like he wants, he plants a tree in the middle of the Huckabee's parking lot. He clearly is desperate to be seen and known. And Brad is, and and Albert wants that, but he wants to do it in a way that he thinks won't ruin the planet. Enter um, and maybe. Lily yeah, Tomlin inter. and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> boom, and, boom. Uh, and that's the, I mean, that I, I just, I love it so much. So they are exist, existential detectives and he goes to visit them and they, I mean, they are the driving force of the entire film. Uh, mm-hmm. This is probably my favorite thing I've ever seen Dustin Hoffman do. Except, yeah, I, agreed. except for, except for Sphere. Sphere. Sphere was amazing. I don't know if you've seen that, but no, I haven't. Uh-uh. Oh, it's, it's a sci-fi horror film. It's it's really good. I can't. Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, then the other I'm, one I can think I'm, of is uh, the Graduate Night. Listeners, hate, I just want to be clear that I'm hot, <laughs> and so I'm not watching sci-fi films. <laughs> That's a joke. I just uh, mostly have. Uh, I can't. Uh, but anywho, um, I do think. I do think it's my favorite Dustin Hoffman thing I've ever seen. And I haven't seen, you know, I, like I said, I really don't watch a lot of movies. Like I will rewatch I Heart Huckabees uh, before choosing a new film, probably seven out of 10 times. But I, the film is so like 60s and it has that, I mean, we'll get into this in cinematography, but it has that feel of being like a kind of 60s spy, sleuthy, um kind of lurking around um the way they're at, like their costume the costuming in the film it does feel very 60s uh kind of like a mad mad caper kind of feeling i would be willing to like actually say something like this that i heart huckabees is similar to like when i say it's a work of art it's almost like a painting yeah you know like if you if you have a painting you really like you don't get tired of seeing the painting you don't go oh uh, no i've seen that painting no. fuck that you know, like <laughs> if it's really great and uh not all films are like this uh but i'm, I'm so glad we came here to like dis- to discuss this film because it really is it's 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 a it's a film that is like a painting that's a perfect fake painting mm-hmm. it's great to look at mm-hmm. and it's great every time you know i can't look at it every single yeah. day but it, no. you understand what i'm saying yeah oh there's something about it that it it is really like a treat it's a treat yeah. for the mind, the eyes. It's uplifting. It's uplifting. <laughs> it's like goofy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I think that's the other thing about it too, is I think um I think it doesn't take itself super seriously. I know that the whole I, I from what I understand, like David O. Russell as he was making it then and writing it and then directing it was very much like, Oh, no one's gonna see this. This is unmarketable. Um, and it came out on Focus Features, which I've talked. I think I've talked about Focus Features. I think I talked about Focus Features in my other um, review or my other uh, episode with you. But like, Focus Features was really that bitch in like the early two thousand. <laughs> yeah. They were the A twenty four of their time, and put out so many good things. And so I- I'm glad Focus took a-, a risk on them. But it does feel something that like uniquely um, Focus. Like it feels like a uniquely Focus moment. And and honestly, get- getting movies like that now probably like netflix and and different other streaming services are gonna like help us get more movies like that but i also feel like some of those movies are made in such a way i don't know i don't feel like you're gonna get an iheart huckabees today like i don't know if you're gonna get an iheart huckabees today i mean also with, with a cast stacked that way i mean no like with with a Absolutely dustin hoffman not. lily tomlin 
and I you know, we we could go on forever, you know. Like uh, obviously, Mark Wahlberg. Where they're so, all delivering. Yeah, and I do have to say also this film exists in a universe where there are no police. It's something that yeah. must be said, and it's also <laughs> why the, it's also for me like someone who has had some uh, inner encounters with police in my life that has made mm -hmm. me like be like ah, you know, you, I guess you you can't just walk around having fun being philosophical all day. <laughs> like, eventually the cops are gonna come fucking stop you and, which is which is fine you know this is a movie it's not real life but you know like, what is funny though now that you say that i did not put that together there are no cops there are security guards and that is like you know there's a security guard who who tries to stop albert from getting his bike and then mark Wahlberg kind of throws them off the scent by throwing the sign out sign in sheet <laughs> to I the side love the that scene I love, knocks I, down albert and oh so good <laughs> he knocks on albert in the parking lot I, the security but, like the woman who escorts lily tomlin back downstairs like there's there's so it's almost like in place of cops we have these security officers the, who security, are explicitly there security to, guards for, are like, a form of capitalism you know security guards are a neutered version of cops Cops very much so they're very like yeah and also uh, you know like i know that mark Wahlberg's supposed to be a firefighter in this but you know i know a lot of firefighters and my dad was a firefighter and they'll beat the fucking shit out of you and put you in jail like that's what cops <laughs> would do if you do the things that happen in this film like you know because mark Wahlberg's yes. character you know, part of why he's so likable is that he's like albert's like albert's weak and you know he's mm -hmm. not physical and he, and he needs, needs help he needs, needs help, help and, and mark Wahlberg is strong and he's a man but he's kind of like he's he needs albert for someone to like yes. help, help him be yes uh, tethered to earth but the thing is mark Wahlberg solves all his uh issues by punching people pushing Big people time. like committing like yep. assault like pushing over people away <laughs> yeah. like assault like just being a big old like Al, I think it's very fitting that the first time we meet Albert is he's walking through the like labyrinth of the office building to get to the office of the existential detectives. And the first time we meet Tommy Korn, you know, uh, he's like following his wife or wife or partner out of the house in the middle of a fight wearing a bathrobe. Uh, yeah. They're in like this big, big <laughs> fight. And the scene, that scene, that moment really ends with someone calling the existential detective his therapist and then he decks that guy who's one of his co-workers co one of his best friends he goes, no, yeah. it's one of his friends he puts his hand on his shoulder he's like, he's like hey man leave the guy alone he's he's his therapist is here and then mark Wahlberg turns around and punches him in the <laughs> face and knocks him out he also he assaults while this uh, guy's trying to help him jude law's character brad he assaults he him assaults like jude law twice and uh he grabs like, seriously him assaults him like he yeah. like one time he grabs pushes him, him down. Yeah, <laughs> and I so, love I that mean, push down. Just uh, another reason why I like this movie, I guess, so much is because it's like it's a little bit of a break from a world where, from where like the police just come and interfere. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> because, like quote unquote you know, solve cause, problems. Because yeah. uh, Tommy Corn, he's not a bad man. He's just he's just stronger he's than everyone else in the film, and he uses his <laughs> strength to like push away the bad people it's, it's just <laughs> does that make sense yes it's like they're like it really does feel very removed it feels like it's from a time that doesn't really exist anymore like there's yeah. no smartphones in the film uh there's no cops in the film uh the department store even the commercials like the commercials we see naomi watts filming you know who else is in it? a young isla fisher who becomes the new 
Mrs. Huckabee's. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Dude, she's yeah. married to uh, Sasha Baron Conan. Sorry, yes, and so my wife. <laughs> Don't, how dare you? <laughs> it's, it's, he's Borat. Come on, man. <laughs> I'll let you. You get you get a pass. I mean, this is your show. You can do anything you want. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay <laughs> but i do i love like i i love that you know the commercials that they have of miss huckabees you hear them recording like you don't hear commercials like that anymore it's funny because huckabees i mean looking at it now huckabees feels like a relic um yeah. but even for 2004 huckabees was a relic like they were filming commercials that would probably be more something like it's something out of the 70s so it's the, there's a, it says something about like what's the golden age of capitalism and it really was the birth of this marketing advertising the late mid to late 60s and it, it's it's looking even with being set in 2004 it's still looking back and so watching it now it feels like super back back in a way where times were sort of i don't want to say times were simpler but honestly hearing the word suburban sprawl feels like such an old issue because we've we've forgone that that's a foregone conclusion at this point it's like yeah everything is going to get paved over with capitalism it's like an art film that doesn't feel like an art film and it yeah and it carries like a good mainstream movie that you can watch and you can ride the movie Mm-hmm. It's got it's got all the ups and downs it's got everything that that, that you want in a movie like if you want to be entertained Mm-hmm. But it has the same things that an art film might have without being boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just take a second and talk about some of my favorite parts? Uh, that is absolutely what we should do right now. Okay, right. I have favorite, uh, I, favorite part section. Okay, I had a couple things that I wrote down. Okay, um. One of my first favorite parts is when Lily Tomlin is sitting down with Jason Schwartzman for the first time and uh, she's got her feet up on the desk and she's like, have you ever transcended time and space? And he says, yes, time, not space. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it is one of those perfect moments where you just see for Albert, he has no idea what he's about to get into. Um, it is, it's so it's well, so, so well performed. He, she's like, "Have you ever transcended time and space?" He was like, "Yes." Well, time, not space. Time, not but, space. No, I don't. Yeah. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then at the end of that, it's so good. At the end of that exchange, she said, "Why don't you go home? Let sleeping dogs lie. You know, leave these questions for other people." And he said, "I say, don't give me the brush off. I want to know, please." And he says it in such a plaintive way. And I for I like to this day, Jason Schwartzman can get it. And when I say can get it, I mean getting wrapped up, swaddled, and rocked to sleep uh, for yeah. as long as he needs it because he is such a precious angel. I love it too. It's it's like something you would have said in like a nineteen fifties film noir, like don't yes. get the brush off. I, I want I want to know what's up here. I want to know, please. <laughs> and the way he says please just breaks me every time and i'm like if he if didn't whatever he asked for before he said please i would have given it to him if i was really <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered um she yeah i love that moment and i love how they go back and forth um i really enjoy uh, another one that stands out to me is the dinner scene i feel like the dinner scene is a master class in everything um so it's, i look it's, it's it up almost been i mean not a lot of films have done 
quite that level of like tension but it's funny but you're like like it's cringy but i cannot stop and i don't like cringy no. shit but it's so good no me neither and it's that all this little overlapping conversations and the and the rise and fall of the conversation is so good but it's richard jenkins is the dad gene smart is the mom uh steven as the adopted son and then the two children played by jonah hill and i actually don't know the young actress's name and richard jenkins isn't even credited which i didn't realize but he's been in so much like he's a hollywood him and gene smart have been in everything but i think richard jenkins probably his name is a little more under the radar but that that scene of tommy getting so upset and they start by being like you know tommy says he's a firefighter yeah. and they're like oh god bless you and he's like don't thank me <laughs> i'm not a hero petroleum is destroying the planet <laughs> it's so good and like the kids talking about their game uh going back and forth and then also when steven when they're when richard jenkins scolds steven is like why would you bring this man into our house and steven's like i'm sorry mom i'm sorry dad i did not know no, it's so um, that's like it's, it's, it's like so, heartbreaking too i know you're like he is so clear like you guys are such clearly bags of trash yeah like you make yourselves these heroes and, and white no, I, I know that like, i know that like they're, they're technically there weren't magas in 2004 but there were fucking magas in 2004 and these <laughs> and these are like the, like some of like some of the, the worst kind of like the, the kind of like they will do one thing kind of good and then yes just shove everyone's face in it forever they're like we yeah. adopted a sudanese orphan and then we yeah. treat him like shit and not as good as our regular kids that are like our fucking <laughs> biological kids and then we then we make him apologize to us for shit that other people will do like i mean and <laughs> for bringing ideas that challenge us into our house <laughs> and for you know just like it's so clear that they get off on being you know the kind of people who would do that um and it, but it's just like there's so much perfect back and forth in the building the kit like it's just it's a perfect scene and then the way they leave the dinner too um and just like kind of walk out of the dinner you know i was thinking about the bikes what Oh, I, I forgot. Mm -hmm. We never even mentioned like who wrote the screenplay, and I feel like I should just shout that out. Was it David O. Russell? Was it not? I think he directed. I don't, I don't know if he, it was. Uh... Oh, keep we talking. I'll find it. Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and written then by, um... uh, written by uh, actually David O. Russell was so it was two two writers, Jeff and okay. Jeff Baina and David O. Russell. So I guess it's okay. co-written. Cool. Cool I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know, know much about Jeff Baina. And then my right. last favorite scene is, I hope it's obvious, but it's the scene where Jude Law is getting into it with the existential detectives when they come to his job. And he says, how am I not myself? And um, oh my one of the one of the greatest is, scenes in film history. In film history, after they play for him. So one of the things about Jude Law's character, and I think this is one of the, I think also this movie is very instructive about what kind of behaviors you would see in someone who is not a good person so one is like they uh, he keeps telling the story about shania twain whenever yeah. he meets someone and of course uh and they record every time they record him you know because they're detectives and they record everything and they play for him a mashup of a master like a master cut of all the times he's told the shania story and it ends up being like 10 12 times and they're like why do you think you tell the story and, he's like, uh, and he, as he's listening so to good. it so at first he's like it's great uh and like he's like reacting and by the end he's just so sunk down in his chair and just like 
small and tiny and they're like why do you think you tell this story so why do you think you tell this nice story and, and, like, and it, and it breaks him completely because you know completely. originally he, he he was he was the alpha male and he was the alpha mm-hmm. uh everything and like the most charming master man. of his domain yeah. until, until yeah. The, the, the detectives are like uh hey you just keep repeating the same shit over and over and over yes. and over and over and over again yes for uh because you want like i, I guess like that was it like you're recognition smart. or you're attention? So, what like, is it? They're like, you call it? well, you know Shania. Well, one, you know Shania too. You're so strong because you can convince her to, to, you know, to do, to think different, to do something that she doesn't want to do. Um, and uh, they kind of say those things. And then also, then he ends up by being like, how am I not myself? And then they say that back and forth. And he hears that in his head as he's walking through corporate Hall, the hallways of Huckabee's corporate, just losing his mind. <laughs> it's so of- good. And then also, I guess it's like technically two scenes, but when he goes into the boardroom and someone asks him to repeat that story at his first big guy (laughs) meeting and he like can't do it and he throws up. (laughs) I really think that's some probably the best 12 minutes of film from 2004. I would say this, you know, I Heart Huckabees is, uh, it's nowhere near on the level of uh, these uh, Steven Spielberg films or uh, some of the films with Al Pacino. Some of the greatest quotes of all time, I would say, like uh, from from Jaws. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Uh, yeah, Al Pacino. Uh, uh, say hello to my little friend. Whatever. Yeah, and I would say that how am I not myself deserves to be ranked among those movie lines because it is so fucking good. Could not and, agree more. And I don't care that Al Pacino wasn't, in, you know, but also like, he didn't have to be. I mean, like the movie was stacked. <laughs> It doesn't happen had a movie was stacked, stacked, stacked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, what else is there? Like, uh, I mean, just like, just, I mean, it just what, feels what's some, what's some right. from Star Wars. What does everyone say from Star Wars? <laughs> Luke, I'm uh, your father. Luke, I'm your father. I'm going to say, you I'm know gonna, what I'm, it is. I'm going to drop right here. I'm going to say that. How am I not myself stands up with Luke? I am your father. In yes. movie history, greatest lines of all time. It almost feels like a mantra. Like it has that feeling to it where you can say it. And especially because it's repeated over and over again in the film in that moment where they hear it and they're like, oh, this is a sentence we want to think about. And then they say it. Um, <laughs> the two existential detectives say it back to them, back and forth to themselves, asking it of their partner back and forth. And you, I like it when a movie is recognizes that there's something meaningful that's just said i don't know why i like that it kind of drops the fourth wall a little bit there and um and i think it is one of those things that i think probably every day uh, uh it's a sentence that runs through my mind in a way that feels almost like a mantra it feels and not in a mantra in the sense that there's meaning to it per se but a mantra in the sense that the more you say it and the more you think about it the more meaning you produce and the more depth you get into like I, I feel like it's one of those things where you say it and think it again to get deeper into something uh before they get to how am i not myself jude law is controlling the room he's just become a corporate uh monarch type guy and they walk in and they talk to him and they're like they're like how are you feeling he goes how are you feeling and they're like uh are you what are you doing he's like oh, what are you doing he's like are you repeating me are you repeating me he's doing the whole like he does the yes. uh, that that kid shit where he's like he's fucking with them and yes. repeating their shit, and yes. then when he says, "How am I not myself?" They go, "How am I not myself? How am I not, oh, myself? Am I not myself? 
how am I not myself? And they completely myself? break his mind. You're now, so, I didn't, for, oh my God, you're so right. I forget that the scene starts with them, with him repeating them. Oh yeah. my God. He starts and it, it and then them they repeating him. finish it. Wow, yes. All right, we have a, oh my God. In my reviews of my own, we have a three-part, uh, I guess, process of finding the final score. So first we're going to go with acting. And I think we've gone hard on that, but I feel like it's worth it to say in your opinion on acting where we're going to go with stars one to five. Wow. Um, okay. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five. Um, I think everyone really delivers and the whole movie. I feel like there's some, I want to, uh, the only thing that I think would make it a 0.5. The only reason I'm not giving it a 0.5 is because I don't want to appear biased after talking, <laughs> which is ridiculous <laughs> because I just talked about how much I love it for like 30 minutes. Um, but I, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five. And I honestly want to shout out the bit players because there's so many people in this movie who are on screen for just a few minutes who make it unbelievable and like just deliver. So I want to shout out um, the people who play Albert's mom and stepdad. Oh yeah. Uh, are they are on screen for very little time, but they are so like detestable and they just deliver in that time um they're great i think richard Drink jenkins and gene smart we already touched on them they were fantastic in their short term time uh i think uh the actress i think she was david o russell's mother-in-law actually the actress who plays the woman who like represents the strip mall or something um who uh, she's wearing a, she's got a black haircut she comes to the open spaces oh yeah she's awful i hate her i hate her hate her <laughs> um I, I was saying kind of i i hate her character not not the actress sorry <laughs> no exactly like you hate her so much like there's so many people who are on screen for just a tiny bit but are just so memorable like the fireman who tries to intervene on tommy's behalf and then gets decked like his face is so memorable um but yeah i think this is some of the better acting uh for like they really give small parts uh room to do things and like yeah albert's stepdad taking like really not having any engagement with the the emotion of the scene of the scene unfolding and just trying to get his his little cd radio thing to work correctly and it was one of those like way too complicated probably purchased from sky mall that were super popular in the mid aughts uh music players yeah. and he's just trying to get that work the whole time and it's just playing shania song after shania song i must it's ask this unbelievable though. um how is it how it is in sports and sometimes it's not fair but Obviously, uh, the main character of the film is Albert. Jason Schwartzman yeah. has that role, yeah. but who is the MPV? Who's yeah. who is the actor that really stole the show? I have my own opinion, but I think we might actually have the same one. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> I'm gonna give it to. Damn it! It pains me, but I think I'm gonna give it to Mark Wahlberg. Hey, say what's up to your mom for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna give it to Mark Wahlberg too. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, go donate some of your money to do something good for the world. Because yeah, go donate to some, you know, you know, some maybe some racial justice organizations. Like you blinded an old Chinese man. Oh I believe he was Chinese. God. Maybe go give something Just to an organization an that's fighting anti-Asian racism right now because uh... hate crimes against Asians are up really high. Since... Yeah, dude, go out there and just go like. Hey, uh, my name is Mark Wahlberg, and I don't think you should beat up Asians. Uh, like, <laughs> like, 
you know, that's like, what you should be doing like Mark that like, like, honestly i think his fucking word would spread a lot a bunch of these fucking jackasses all right <laughs> let's we're not, we're not we're not getting that deep into politics on this one we're doing a movie uh we're doing plot and script uh okay, oh i didn't i didn't, I, 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 I didn't give my on the last one uh yeah, honestly name? i had to say uh 4.5 hard good okay night. great and i don't great. i don't generously give that but this film deserves it so i mean every I agree. every primary actor in that film uh deserves a, a 4.5 at least Agreed. yeah all right uh plot script how good were the lines how five out of five five out of five that's what i'm fucking saying now cinematography <laughs> it's a little bit different because like i'm not a cinematographer you're not a cinematographer but, like i know what no. i like that movie makes me happy <laughs> it's bright me it's too. beautiful it's fun it's always like yeah. it's the, yeah just even the scenes where they're just like riding their stupid fucking bicycles i'm like this is cool it's it's, it's soothing the little, you know the, you know what it is, film is john, john's very soothing you can probably hear my dog a little bit okay john bryan did the soundtrack and the incidental music like the the transition music the music is a big part of the cinematography to me it feels very like open exploratory um lots of strings and and music that's sort of like like plucky like it feels like a plucky kind of sound to the music i forgot and the film itself, about that aspect yeah yeah like the film itself is a plucky quirky campy it almost feels campy like yeah the colors are yeah it's like their clothes are all you know dustin hoffman's always in a gray pinstripe suit lily tomlin is always in a solid color almost always like her and isabel Huppert. can you hear my dog oh uh, yeah but i don't care it's fine okay i don't know why he's freaking out um because he wants me to say, who was the actor that made uh, the Royal Tenenbaums? Who was the actor that made the Royal Tenenbaums? I mean, the director. Oh, 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 Wes Anderson. This movie has a lot of like what Wes Anderson brings to the table, but sure. delivers it with like actual meat, I guess. Uh, yes. And for, yes. For, for my vegans out there, when I mean meat, I mean like mean fucking potatoes, meat. man, like shit you can sink your teeth into. <laughs> And we mean chickpeas. We yeah, mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really was that, was, like. Was there... What is that fucking song they did? That, like ham, jam, potatoes, tomatoes. Like they, they, they do. <laughs> the Thanksgiving song. Yeah, the dude made a vegan song. Let me see what's going on. Let me go see what's going on out there. Oh, quick. actually, uh, we're about to like uh, just sign off with this. We're, we gonna, we're about to throw oh, okay, down perfect. the uh, throw down the final score. All right. <clears throat> okay. Wait, okay. Wait, wait. 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 Let me say one more thing. Yes, I want to hear it. I don't know what's happening. One more thing about cinematography. Yes. Um, uh, I have to just say the costuming is great on this in this movie. And the, the suiting, the like 60s suiting, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and yes, the costume is great. And then shout out to Naomi Watson's bonnet uh, that she wears by the end oh. of the film. Hell yeah. Uh, and also perfect. like, what the fuck is up with like uh, Brad telling, uh, I can't remember what was character, but like telling his girlfriend that she can't be hot in a bonnet. I'm like, dude, right? Fucking creep. He was right. not ready for cottage core. He was not ready for cottage core. Um, yeah, he was not. Why am I blanking on her name too? I like can't think of it at all. But Miss Huckabee's. Well, it's Miss Huckabee's. But like, I thought she, yeah. she has a first name. I don't recall. She has a first name, and I can't. I cannot remember her first name at all. Um, I wish I could. Well, um, I guess it's part part of the whole thing too. Is like that film does like point out like a lot of like uh, misogynistic bullshit too so big time big time big time maybe that was um, maybe that was purposeful 
that it's really hard to like remember the name of like the love wow interest. you're so right dawn dawn campbell dawn. you're so right like, she's just miss huckabee she's just the blonde lady all right um, do you want to do you want to say our uh our score at the same time okay yes Good. for cinematography uh no for the entire film for overall okay great oh i thought i thought we both uh were okay you're gonna count I'm going to count to three and then we're going to say the score of the film. All right. On a, <laughs> on, a, on a scale of one to five stars, I Heart Huckabee's scores at a three, two, one, five stars. Five. Fuck. Five. Whatever. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> five. Yeah. No, I said I did it at the right time, but then I reiterated it. <laughs> Bryn, thank you so much for coming on for my reviews are my own. I Huckabees. Thank you. It's so a five much. star film. If you haven't fucking seen it, go see it. It's on Amazon Prime for three ninety nine. I don't support Jeff Bezos and those pieces of shit. The guy sucks. I do support this film. Agreed. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later, Brent. Doug, thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye.